I go back to Psalm 111. Brother Gabe and I texted back and forth about what we were preaching from tonight. I told him, he said, well, I sure hope the congregation praises him tonight. I asked him what he was preaching on. He said, what we will do until he comes from First Thessalonians 5. The last, uh, one of the last verses says, under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. We're going to praise him. I hope. This psalm is full of praise to our God for who he is, for what he's done, what he did, and what he does for his people. And uh, there's so many psalms that begin and end with praise the Lord. Don't that's the first line, praise ye the Lord. It's hallelujah is what that is. Praise to Jehovah. Praise the Lord. Look at Psalm 112. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 113. Praise ye the Lord. The last five psalms begin and end that way. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Over 24 times in the psalms alone, it's written, praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise means honor. Give him all the honor. All the glory. David said, I will praise him because he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy. Turn to Revelation 5 with me. We're just going to go down through these verses a little bit and then come back to verse 1 where we'll dwell. The verse that really stuck out to me and made me want to bring this. Revelation 5. And the last psalm says, Let everything that hath breath Praise the Lord. Everyone in glory right now, as as I speak, is praising the Lord. And it'll never end. In Revelation 5, look at verse 9. They sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. That's what David is going to talk about. He sent redemption. And made us unto our God kings and priests. We shall reign on the earth. And there were 10,000 times 10,000, verse 12, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing in every creature which is in heaven, on the earth, under the earth, such as in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I say, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever. Praise ye the Lord. That's what they are doing, so that's what we need to be doing. Praise ye the Lord. It says, praise ye the Lord. You. Who, me? Yeah, you. (laughs) Do you have any reason to praise the Lord? My, my. David says, I will. (laughs) He says, I will praise the Lord. That's not pride or presumption. It's a heart that's full of thanksgiving. I will praise the Lord. And by God's grace, I will too. (laughs) You know, 
we we often say of someone who someone's bragging on someone, we say they're singing his praises. Don't they? He sure was singing your praises. Don't you love to sing his praises? <laughs> Don't you ever get tired of singing these hymns of praise? That's what they are. That's what distinguishes the songs of Zion and the songs of God's people and the Psalms from all this other stuff that goes by the name of gospel music today. It really is about His praise and honor and glory. They really are. They really are. So David says, I will. I'll praise the Lord. Uh, Listen to this, Psalm 146. David says this in Psalm 146. Praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. He says, while I live, will I praise the Lord. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. At the beginning of the plague, they told us we couldn't sing. And I quoted this to you. While I live, I'm going to sing his praises. And every time we meet, we're going to sing his praises. David says, I will. I will. With my whole heart. With my whole heart. Not a half-hearted attempt. Not drawing near with the lips. Our Lord said, this people draw near with their lips. Their heart is far from me. Lord, don't let me do this half-heartedly. I am ashamed how, you know, we sing these songs by rote or by repetition so often. We need to catch ourselves. No, do it with a whole heart. Verse 1, in the assembly of the upright. I'll do this, he said, in the assembly of the upright. In the congregation. And we're going to come back to that and deal with it. Why should we praise the Lord? Verse 2, the works of the Lord. The works of the Lord. Great. God's creation. It's great. It's marvelous, isn't it? It's amazing. His creation is amazing. God's providence. Oh, how the Lord has provided for us. We sing that song, and the Scripture says, God is greatly to be praised. We sing that song, How Great Thou Art. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds or works Thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. The universe he made, how great thou art. The great works of the Lord, they're great. Are sought out, verse 2, of all them that have pleasure therein, that is, meditated upon and, and considered and looked into, and he's praised for all these works. The world is blind. Man doesn't even believe there is a God. And man is blind to the hand of God and the works of God. But God's people see His hand in everything, don't we? We see His glory. The whole earth is full of His glory. John Chapman, in his message, many reminded me, he, he talked about one of the greatest wonders God ever created was a gnat. <laughs> it has a brain, a circulatory system. Some kind of heart that beats a net. That's our God. That's our God. His works are great. His works sought out of all them. We have pleasure in them. Verse 3, His work. 
Is that different something? It's something else. His work, his greatest work is verse 9. He sent redemption. In that same song we sing, And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. And on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. How great thou art. His work is honorable. This is his honor and his glory and, and his righteousness. David can't hardly write a song without mentioning God's righteousness. <laughs> his righteousness endureth forever. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad what Christ provided for us will be forever? See, Adam and Eve had a righteousness. Didn't they? They lost it. They failed. Why? Because it was theirs. And the one we have, are you with me? The one we have was given to us, imputed to us, imparted to us. It's His righteousness. It's forever. You understand that? Sure you do. That's good, isn't it? Many people don't like to claim original sin, you know. Don't give me the blame for what Adam did, okay? I'm not talking about God's people. You know better than that. But that's what a lot of people say. People say, I don't, I don't believe, you know, man born in sin. I, I can't take the blame for what Adam did, all right? Then you take, can't take what Christ did. Because in Adam, many are made sinners. In Christ, made righteous. Verse 4, He hath made His wonderful works to be remembered, His works of creation and providence, and His work of redemption, especially salvation. Our Lord said that to His disciples right before He went to the cross. He said, This do in remembrance of Me. Don't forget. Forget many things, but don't forget this, what I've done for you. What I've done for you. I love the story of uh, Jill's mother, Ellen. We went to see her. Nancy, you remember going to see Ellen in the in the, and uh, she didn't know my name. She didn't know any of us. But I asked her what the gospel was. She said, "Jesus Christ, name crucified." <laughs> That's all you need to remember. Isn't it? That's all we need to remember. Be remembered. The Lord is gracious. Oh my, why are his great works so great? Why did he send redemption? Because he's gracious. That's right. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. <laughs> full of compassion. My, my. Verse 5 says, He hath given. The Lord giveth. Grace means give, gift. He hath given and given and given more grace. He's the great giver. You know what we are? The receiver. And it's by grace. We didn't earn it. We didn't merit merit it. We didn't deserve it. So he gives everything he does just because he does. Because he's gracious. The answer's in himself. The reason's in himself. He's gracious. He's full of compassion. His compassion fail not. 
They're new every morning. Every morning. Aren't you glad? Because our God doesn't change. It says He's, he's given meat. Meat. And them that fear Him. Psalm 104. Go back there. It's not very far. He hath given meat. You see, our Lord provides for every living thing. There's so many psalms that speak of His works of creation, how that He feeds all. And our Lord Jesus Christ said that too. If you consider despairs, See, they don't sow. They don't reap. Your heavenly Father feeds them. There's not one of them he didn't feed. You know how many sparrows there are? You know how many starlings there <laughs> Starlings? You know, there were two starlings uh, on our bird feeder. And, man, I feed that, I feel that thing up, and it's gone in 24 hours almost. The squirrels were on it, and the starlings. <laughs> and I went to run them away and said, Mandy said, don't you like black verses? And it pricked my heart. <laughs> so I now I let, I let the starlings have all they want to. Let them have all they want to. But the Lord provides for all. If, I, if there's not a bird feeder on the planet Earth, the Lord's going to feed them. Look at verse, I love this. He talks about the whale, verse 26. There's that Leviathan. He's made to play in the why did the Lord make a whale? So you could watch him play. You know, we had poodles and little doggies. And the Lord had a quail. He spent a whole chapter in Job talking about the whale. You know how much food a whale eats? One whale. Two and a half tons of fish every day. One whale. <laughs> How many whales are there? Well, who feeds him? Who provides all that? Look at it. Verse 27. They all wait on thee. That you give them their meat in due season. That thou givest them, they gather. Thou openest thy hand, and they're filled with good. Even the whales get full. Isn't that something? Down in verse 34, it says, My meditation of him shall be sweet. Be sweet. You know, we are like our Lord. <clears throat> the Lord has given us meat to eat that the world doesn't know they're right. You know? We are. The disciples didn't understand that at first. They did. Later, didn't they? He's given us meat to eat. And you know what he said this meat was? He said, My body is meat indeed. Now you tell me, what's the most enjoyable food that you like to eat? <laughs> is there anything quite like this gospel? Nothing. Nothing. Hmm. You have given us meat. Go back to the text. Them that fear Him. This is for them that fear Him. He will ever be mindful of His covenant. Whew. Oh, the mercies of a covenant God. He will ever be mindful. You Psalm 107. We love that. How it says they forget. They forget. Psalm 106. They forget. But it says he remembered for them. He remembered the covenant he made. He will never forget. Never forget. The covenant that he made with his son, with the Holy Spirit concerning his people. Ordered in all things and sure, this is all my salvation. 
Isn't it your name? That covenant that God made concerning me. It's not up to me. Isn't that good news? It's covenant, ordered, signed and sealed. He showed his people, verse 6, the power of his works. His people. As we said, God's people see his works of creation. They see his works of providence. They see his wonderful work of redemption, the most glorious work of all. Uh, He showed this to his people. And one psalm, uh, which one is it? I forget. But he talks about all the things the Lord has done for his people. And one of the last things, it says he's, he made known his ways to Jacob. He showed his word to Jacob. It's the greatest work of all, isn't it? The power. Power is work. You know, we know. All the saints know we're saved by his power. We're kept by his power. We see that. We look back on our lives, how the Lord has spared us, kept us from certain death and destruction. We look back on that. We didn't know it at the time. We do now, don't we? And even today we see it, don't we? Over and over again. But we're mostly, we we bless the Lord. We praise his name for the power of his word, the power of his blood. There's power in the blood. Wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Yes, there's power. <laughs> we sing that song, though. Worthy to be sung. The power of the Holy Spirit. Lead us, guide us, direct us, keep us, subdue us. The power of the Gospel. The Gospel is the power of God and salvation. That's why we do what we do here and nothing else. We know what the power of God is. And verse 6 says that he may give them the heritage of the heathen, his people. He gives them the heritage of the heathen. The Lord <coughs> displaced or removed all those Hivites, Hittite, Perizzites, and so on and so forth to bring his people in to the promised land. The Jebusites, remember the Jebusites said they can't come in here. Nevertheless, <laughs> David took it. See, that's my city. That's for my people. You know, we have a new heaven and a new earth waiting on us. He's prepared us a place. He's prepared us a new earth that the people of this world have no part of. The people of this world pretty much have this world, don't they? Right now. Well, they can have it. Because the one we're going to have, this one won't even be remembered or come to mind. It will so far exceed, exceed the glory of the former that this won't even come to mind. So let them have this work. It's tarnished, isn't it? It sure is. Verse 7 and 8. The works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. Truth and judgment or justice. Truth and justice or righteousness. Don't you love all these psalms, you know this psalm, Psalm 85, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth. Righteousness shall look down from heaven. The Lord will give that which is good. Righteousness shall go before him and set us in the way of his death. Isn't that wonderful? His truth, his justice, his righteousness. Verse 
7, all his commandments are sure. (laughs) What the Lord commands, he does. He does. Every word. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one word of mine shall fail. Not one. Aren't you glad? Man proposes, but God disposes. You know, there's a verse that I didn't deal with in John 12. I had planned on it, but, you know, time went by, and we went on to the next chapter. But the very last verse of John 12, the Lord said this. The Lord Jesus Christ said it. He said, the Lord gave me a commandment, verse 49, that I should say what I should speak. He says, I know that his commandment, he said, this is his commandment. Life everlasting. (laughs) He said his commandment is life everlasting. You know why you're saying? God gave commandment. Thou hast given commandment to save men. One day God said, Almighty love, arrest that man. Fetch him. That's what the Lord did. He gave the command like the king on David on the throne. And one day... Every one of us, the Lord said to command, fetch him. Bring him to me. <laughs> He'll sit at my table as one of the king's sons forever. That's where Mephibosheth is right now. Don't you love that? His commandment is sure. Sure, because he's our surety. They stand fast. Verse 8, the works of the Lord, truth, judgment, Commandments, they stand fast forever. They're done in truth and uprightness. They stand fast forever. His mercy endureth forever. His love endureth forever. His covenant endureth forever. Because our God doesn't change. Verse 9. He sent redemption unto His people. He commanded, he hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. He sent redemption to his people. You know what this redemption, the name of it is? Jesus Christ. He's the redeemer. That's how he sent redemption. He sent his son. He sent his son. And he commanded his covenant forever because Christ is the head of that covenant. And he's the one that, the testator. Of the covenant. Listen to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42 says this of his righteous servant. I put my spirit upon him. He'll bring forth judgment to the Gentile. He shall not fail, be discouraged. He says, uh, I have called thee in righteousness. I'll hold thine hand. I will keep thee and give thee. I'll give thee. I'll give you for a covenant of the people. He is the covenant. See, the covenant's not a book written, per se, but it's a person. Did not our Lord say, I have engraved your names on the palms of my hands? Didn't it? Christ is the covenant. See, the covenant all depends on Him. He's the head of the covenant. He's the second Adam. It's a wonderful thought. Wonderful thought. Second Adam. The first Adam failed terribly. Plunged us all into sin. The second Adam did not fail. Raised us all to glory. The first Adam we all became naked. The second Adam we're clothed forever. 
and his righteousness as he rose. The first Adam, we all became sinful. The second Adam, we all become righteous forever, forever. The first Adam, we all full of sorrow. The second Adam, we won't be full of joy. The first Adam, we all groan. The second Adam, will make us laugh. The first Adam, all die. But in Christ, made alive. I'll live forever. That's the commandment. Life everlasting. I give unto them eternal life, Christ said, and they'll never perish. Who? Those who believe in him. Those who trust him. Holy and reverend is his name. Don't you like that? Holy, holy, holy. Holy Father, Holy Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy and reverent is His name. Reverent. That means to be feared. His name is to be feared. His name is to be had in reverent. His name is above every other. His name is to be exalted. His name is to be revered, respected, honored, extolled, used only in praise, honor, thanksgiving, glory, and worship. That's His name. That's what God's people do too. Without exception. David said that. Unite my heart. To fear thy name. <clears throat> Holy and reverent is his name. That's why no preacher of the gospel will take that in front of his name. Holy and reverent is his name. I may quote this three or four times. In Psalm 89 verse 7 says it. This is something to be remembered. Psalm 89, verse 7. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about Him. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints to be had in reverence. Reverence of all them that are about Him. And they, He is. They are. They, this, is the, this is the thing. Scriptures is clear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And God's people grow in grace and the knowledge of Christ and in wisdom. They grow in that wisdom. So that means they fear Him more and more. They never stop fearing Him. If anything, they fear Him more. Now, go back. To verse, we'll look at verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How many times does it say that in the Scripture? A good understanding have all they that do His commandment. What's that mean? It means what it says. Why would we, we dare explain that away? Our Lord says, if you know these things, happy are if you do them. He said, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Right? Mary said, whatever he saith, do it. Do it. His praise endureth forever. Forever. Now go back to verse 1. We'll dwell here just a few more minutes, okay? This is the verse that drew me to this and so many scriptures that talk about the congregation. The assembly. And I began to think about this congregation and other assemblies or congregation. The word congregation is not in the New Testament. The word church is. Okay? Church is not in the old, but church is in the new. Congregation is what the word is in the Old Testament. Okay? 
congregation. And all of God's people are a member of this congregation. Uh, you are, I am, I hope, I pray. Congregation. Several times in the scriptures it talks about the congregation. Sometimes it says congregations. And one and many times it talks about the great congregation. <laughs> that means all of them put together. In the end, the great congregation. Over in Revelation 7 it talks about a great number which no man can number. They were singing praise to them. That's the great congregation. I want to be there. Don't you? Well, until then, I want to be here. Don't you? I will praise him, David says, in the assembly. That's where I'm going to be, he said. And in the congregation. You know where you'd find David? In the congregation. In the congregation. That's where I would have been. Psalm 26. Go back there real quickly. Psalm 26. Uh, so many, so many <laughs> scriptures. So many. But Psalm 26, look at verse 4. This is David writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissembled. I hate the congregation of evildoers. There's a congregation of evildoers. There's so-called churches all over the land. Congregations, assemblies all over the land. Call themselves churches. Most of it's evil. It is. It's flesh. It's for man's glory, isn't it? You know it is. It sickens you to see it. It's an abomination to God. Have you watched any of these holy rollers on YouTube or whatever? It's, it's demonic. And that's under the name of the Holy Ghost. They're making a mockery of God and the Holy Spirit. A mockery. No wonder the world is laughing at God and the religion. David says, I hate it. I'm not going to be there. He won't find me with those people. They may have a county-wide prayer meeting, but I'm not going to be there because we don't pray to the same God. And I don't want to be associated with those God mockers. Do you? Is that too hard? David said this. I will not sit with the wicked. Verse 8, he says, Lord, I love the habitation of thy house, place where thine honor dwells. That's where I'm going to be. Not where man's will is honored, where God's will is honored. Verse 12, he says, My foot standeth in an even place. That means a straight place, a fixed place. <laughs> in the congregations will I bless the Lord. Congregations, assembly of the saints. That's where I'll be found, David said, and me too. By God's grace, me too. How do you know the difference? We've already been talking about it. How do you know the difference between the congregation of the evil and the congregation of the righteous, of the saints, the assembly of the saints? How do you know? How do you know? Well, the name congregation means to be gathered or assembled. Okay? Every single person in God's church, in God's congregation, knows why they're there. They were gathered. They were called. 
They were chosen, elect, according to the foreknowledge of God. Every single one of them knows. They that are with him, Revelation says, are the called and the chosen. They all know that. We wouldn't be here if he hadn't chosen us. We didn't do it like I told you Sunday. Nobody ever asked me to accept Jesus. My pastor not one time ever said that. Won't you let him into your heart? Never was I asked anything. I was told something. <laughs> I was just told the truth. You know what happened? I had a knife in my heart. Brought me to my knees. And I came. I wasn't invited. I never was invited down front. Won't you, won't you come down front and give your heart? Never. And buddy, I came. Came to Christ. We gathered. Here's another verse of Scripture that we quoted when they told us back in 2020 we couldn't gather. I remember distinctly quoting this to you. First meeting, they said we couldn't gather. I said, the mighty God has spoken. The rising of the sun, the going down of the same. He says, gather my saints together unto me. Those who made a covenant with me by second. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves to gather. Gather. No matter what. No matter what anybody says. No matter who, what, or where, how. Don't, no, you're not going to stop. Gather. <laughs> Lord commanded it. Gather. Gather with the saints at the river. The river of God's mercy. They're gathered. They all know it. Called, chosen. They praise him for his sovereign, electing, gathering. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. Or we wouldn't do it. We wouldn't be here. And he keeps gathering us, doesn't he? He keeps calling. Here's another thing. We've already looked at this. Fear and reverence. This is how you know the difference. Let me quote it again. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. Had in reverence of all in about him, greatly to be feared. Let everything that we say, everything that we do, be in reverence. Every song we sing, be in reverence. This is called a house of prayer, a house of worship, a house of praise, and it needs to be from the heart. God says He looks for those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. Spirit and truth. From the heart. Not flesh. Most of what goes on in religion today is flesh. And these spiritual religious cheerleaders trying to pump people up into some kind of fleshly feeling and they act like demons. That's flesh. God's not worshipped with flesh. He's worshipped in the spirit. And what? Truth. That's the next point. Truth. Truth. The truth is always heard. The truth. The word of truth. The gospel. Christ is the truth. And His assembly, that's what you're going to hear. The truth. How how often? Every time. Every time. Listen, this is our Lord, but it's also David. He said, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. I have not refrained my lips, Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. That's what you're going to hear in the great congregation. 
and congregations, every little church assembly that God has here and there, you're going to hear righteousness, God's righteousness, Christ's righteousness. You're going to hear the truth, truth as it is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel. You know, the, the first time that the word congregation is used, <laughs> Exodus 12. He said to Moses, speak to all the congregation. That's the first time the word is used. Speak to all these that I've assembled. All my people. Israel. That's his people. His chosen. Speak to all of them. What did he say in Exodus 12? <laughs> what is Exodus 12 all about? The Lamb. Tell them all. You're here for one reason and you're going out for one reason. The Lamb. Every man, every house, a lamb. Every congregation, a lamb. Don't sod it with water. Roast with fire. A lamb. A lamb. That's the first use of that word. <laughs> Is this God's create, uh, uh, congregation right here? This? Yes, it is. I say that without reservation, without hesitation. Are you a member of it? I believe you are. See, all of God's people have one Lord, one faith, one gospel, one thing needful, one desire. They're all one. They're all one. They're sheep. They're sheep, he said. You ever thought about the name sheep? It's both one and plural. Goats aren't. Sheep is... You can't be a sheep... And not have sheep. You understand? You can be a goat out there on the side of the hill eating ten cans. You don't say, look at that goat. Look at all of that goat. No, you say, look at those sheep. What's that mean? They're together. They congregate. That's the nature of the animal. They have to. That's the way the Lord made them. They have to. They, they're gathered together. They're, they're one. They're, they, they, uh, they, they, uh, well, here's how they become sheep. The Lord owns them. The Lord bought them. The Lord gave them to Christ. And all His sheep, He calls them by name. He calls them into the fold. They're led. They're fed. They're defended. They're saved. They're kept by the Savior. All the sheep flock together. Where? Around the shepherd. They know him, he knows them. They're in the fold. Uh, uh, flock together, it means to be fond of each other. You need each other. Sheep. Now, to be sheep, you, you, you're in the fold. You, you, you need each other. And God's sheep, if they're not in the fold, I'll tell you where they have wound up. In a ditch. Or else they'd be there. But you know what? If they're sheep, you know what's going to happen? The shepherds are going to go after them. And bring them back. Every time. You can't be sheep without sheep. You understand? We're not one. We're one. Isn't that amazing? Like Fish. Fish. That's how many? I'm not. 
fish. Congregation. Congregation. Called, chosen, he said, and faithful. Faithful. David said, that's where I'm going to be. By the grace of God, that's where I'm going to be. He said, my foot standeth in an even place, a fixed place. My heart is fixed, he said. Grounded, settled, established. My foot standeth in an even, straight gate. Straight, that's what that meant. Like Martin Luther, here I stand. I'm not going anywhere. By God's grace. It's in the congregation. Now bless the Lord. Bless God. Thank God for this congregation. Thank God for His congregations everywhere, all over the land. And thank God, and I can't wait to get in that great congregation. Sooner the better. But until then, we're just going to praise Him. All right, stand with me.